Hey everyone, welcome back to the Pilot's Wife podcast. In the last episode, I talked about a couple of techniques for changing your partner when you are of the opinion that something needs to change in the relationship and it's all about them. And I promised a third one, uh, which I didn't have time for to go into at the end of the last one, which is all about problem solving. And I could talk about problem solving for days and days and days on end. This is probably the one of the biggest focus areas of our whole pre-marriage and, and, and marriage education because it is powerful and it just it gets you change and it gets you change in an awesome way that, that both of you are on board with. So here's the question. For those of us who don't have a picture-perfect relationship, who don't put our highlights reel on social media and pretend it's all rosy. Where can I get some down-to-earth inspiration without any religious barriers? Who can give me real-life encouragement, help me be a better spouse, and tell me how to get an even more enriching relationship without becoming a doormat? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Amy McLaren, and this is the Pilot's Wife Podcast. Okay, so problem solving. So please keep in mind when I'm talking about changing your partner um, over these, the last episode and this episode, it is kind of tongue in cheek because we all know that, you know, you can't just change your partner. It's half about changing yourself. Um, but what I am saying is that there are techniques that you can use that involve you doing something differently that will mean that your partner will be willing to do something differently. And so it, it is possible to encourage someone to do something differently, but it does take some work on our side as well. Problem solving, one of the key things to master in marriage, and if we can get good at it, uh, we can not only change our partner, but become closer, become more intimate, have a more richer relationship. And that's always my key thing that I want to encourage people with. I want to encourage people that you don't have to get divorced. You can get past stuff. And it's just a matter of knowing how and having these tools and techniques. And problem solving is a massive one. And it's hard to get good at. But once you're good at it, you just use it every time and you'll get through it. You don't have to go through an awful, awful split of your whole family, of your whole lives, of your finances, of your friends, of your families. Um, it's just not worth it. So let's get, let's come on, let's get on with it. So problem solving as a thing, I first came upon, I think when I was on in my doing my undergraduate degree in um, in psychology and. We had to do this exercise as a class and it was a problem solving exercise where first they gave you the exercise to do by yourself and I think it was something to do with somebody who had swallowed a poison and you had to figure out what they'd swallowed and what to do about it and how to save their life and we did it by ourselves and then they said okay now get into a group of maybe it was five or six people, not too big a group and do the problem solving exercise again and see if see what kind of result you came up with and it was really cool it was quite amazing because at the end of the second time we had a different result and when everybody in the class reported back their results they um, they told us some stats that that the, I guess the people who run this problem solving measure have run over time and they've they've got a lot of people to do it and what they've come up with is that every time that a person does it by themselves there's like a, a success rate, right? Because it's actually a right answer. And the number of times people get the, the right answer when they do it by themselves was like really low. Like, I don't know, it was under 30% maybe or something like that. And then 
the number of times people got it right when they did in a group was like almost 100%. And the power of that, that, that learning for me was so great that I just, I took it away from then on. It was like the thing because I realized that when you bring more people to a problem solving exercise, you have more chance of getting the best answer because you've got more perspectives contributing to it. And so that's what we're all about. And when we're in marriage, we've already got, we're not just one already, we've already got a diverse group that can come up um, with an even better result for a problem. And so the, the idea behind going back to our goal is we want to change someone or something in our relationship. Even if we think it's something the other person needs to change, the point is that we we can we can use this problem solving technique if we if it's something that keeps coming up that breeds discontent that we know is a difficult one to solve. So we keep getting annoyed, but you know nagging isn't working. Um, trying to get them back isn't working. Um, anything we're trying isn't working, and so in that sense, it's already quite complex or complicated and and if we try and think about what the result is other than them changing we can't figure out the solution and so these are the best op, uh, I guess I, um, circumstances where problem solving is is a good one to use because we can't come up with the answer ourselves we need some help and the good thing about using a problem solving structure that that I will provide for you or I can I can tell you where to see it and I'll go through it with you is that it gives structure that conversation and one of the things why that's good is it allows it to stay objective because when we're nagging and when we're trying to get our own I guess point of view or our own result across it does not sound objective but if we're kind of working as a team to go through a structure then we are we're both trying to do the same thing and we're both coming at it from the, from the same perspective. And I guess you're working as a team. So, let's kick into it. So I've posted on my website, there's a resources page for you to see the diagram that I'm going to talk about now. So if you want to go have a look at that, go to www.nomithmarriages.com, check out the resources page, and then on there you'll see the problem solving, marriage problem solver diagram. So I'm just going to talk through that. And at, right at the top of the, the diagram, you'll see we've got a step there, and it's called notice. And it's the point with this one is that the first step to problem solving is noticing you have something to solve. And I just talked about how you might have something that keeps coming up and you keep getting annoyed about it, you keep arguing. Those, those are an alert. Those things are not, oh, we've got a problem. Maybe we don't love each other anymore. Maybe we need to get divorced. Those, when you're having those recurring arguments about the same thing, it means this is a problem that we have to solve that we haven't been able to figure out. And so that's why that's the first step of the diagram because when you've done that, then you're in the mindset of, oh, okay, let's approach this in a problem-solving way. And it's really important to have that mindset when you come into this. The second thing is to recognise your preconceived ideas. And I go into this in a bit more detail in the course and then the pre-marriage course we run and just talk about perceptions and the things that create these ideas in our head and the shortcuts that our brain does to try and solve problems quickly. And that's really useful in day-to-day situations and scenarios. But when it comes to a problem-solving situation, we want to recognise those and probably put them aside. It's things like... When we, when we notice that someone's always late coming home, our immediate solution is, oh, we have to text them, make sure they're not going to come home late, you know. And we're recognising that that's a, a solution that we quickly came up with that we might just need to put aside for now and maybe that's not the best solution. 
the next step that I'll talk about is define the actual problem and this is um, this is where you can take quite a bit of time especially if if you don't if the, you know nothing you're trying is working then you probably don't actually know what the problem is and a really powerful thing to remember is the problem half solved oh, sorry a problem well defined is a problem half solved as soon as you've really really defined the the nuts of what's really going on it's it's almost like the rest of the steps just jump ahead and it's really really easy to solve the problem once you've got the actual cause of it and this can take a while this um Josh and I did a problem solving exercise many years ago where this part of the process took about two days and it sounds really bad when I talk about it now but it did it just we I mean this wasn't constant all day but we did sort of have like a, a session in the morning kind of thing it was over a weekend and we were home and um, and then we'd go off and and do whatever we had to do or, and we'd go have a meal and things like that and then we'd come back to it and so we did that for two days trying to actually define the, the problem another kind of skill or a tool that I that I learnt back in those university days was called mind mapping and if you haven't come across that before this is a really really worthwhile thing to do when you're trying to define the problem and so what mind mapping is it's basically just a, a brain dump of everything you're thinking and little kind of bubbles all over the page and you can draw it however you like but a uh, favorite way that I have to do it is just I stick the the problem or the idea thing that I'm thinking about right in the middle in a circle and for us this time it was should we take a promotion and move cities for it I mean we had to move cities in order to take the promotion for Josh and then all around it we just wrote all the things we were thinking and it was things like what were our other life goals what were our concerns what were uh, our our values things that were really important to us and we just dotted all these things down and just wrote them down and I think we even I might have color coded them I think so I was one color and Josh was the other and then it was easy to see um, what are we dealing with here and I just can't recommend it enough when you're trying to work out a problem I can't recommend enough just to write it down just write anything down just to write notes when you're seeing it all on paper it really really helps to go back uh, and, and sort of break down what's actually going on and actually define the problem. And so once we'd had this this mind mapping exercise done, we were able to circle the ones that we were absolutely sure were the priority. And you know, and in the end, it just came down to two or three things. So um, the number one thing for us was we really, really, really wanted to have children, and we had failed to get there for years and years and uh, we got to the point where we realised we, we did need help and we were going to get fertility treatment and so that was a big one for us and so if we moved cities what, you know, what would that look like because we just got into a programme and um, it was just starting and would we then be sort of pushed back you know six months or a year you know waiting to get into um, a wait list in another area and things like that and another one that was really important to Josh if we couldn't have kids, his big life goal was, I want to build a house. Um, you know, he'd always wanted to build something warm. And we hated living in cold houses and we just wanted to prove to the world that we could build something that was warm. And so we we put that as another, another priority and we thought, well, if we if we move cities um, and we build a house down there, then we'll, we're going to be stuck. We'll be making a decision to you know to stay there long term and so is that what we wanted to do and so you know we couldn't see those things until we put them on paper and actually circled them and and saw them against all the other things that were going on 
But what it meant was that we then had to put some things in place to be able to do that. Um, so we thought, well, we can't do much more than we're doing about the, the kids thing, um, but, about the, but about the other goal, which is building a house, then things had to change in our income situation so that we could do that. Because that was one of the main reasons Josh wanted to take this promotion was then it would enable him to be able to start that project. Okay, so that's defining the problem. Brainstorming possible solutions. And, and uh, like I said, when you've, when you've really defined the problem well, uh, it's really easy to solve. And, that, and you would have seen in my, just as I was talking about that example just before, that we already, we were defining it and brainstorming it at the same time because it was that, that mind mapping process. But, um, you know, if you're a more of a linear person, defining the actual problem, another way that we that we would do it is we would just write things in lines kind of on in columns um, what's going on for this person and what's going on for that person and then when you've got them defined then you sort of go into the next step which is brainstorming possible solutions that will meet I guess the needs and the goals for each of those people so brainstorming as well you've got to remember that there's no shoot downs during this phase this is only this is only saying, we could do this, we could do that. You just put out whatever crazy ideas that you like and, and the rule is no shoot downs, anything's a possibility at this time. You write everything down and you're just going to get as many ideas up there as possible and you need to f- be able to let those creative juices flow by not feeling like you're going to get something shut down. So it's really, really important. The next step is to decide and so this is where you measure those pros and cons and you go through and you go well would that work and how would that work and what would it cost and uh, how long would it take and all those sorts of things and whether it actually meets you know those those needs and those goals and those things that you've laid out in the previous steps does it actually solve the problem that we're trying to solve and keep going back to you know what's the actual problem and then decide on the best solution for that. So what I what I often find with couples is that when we do problem solving this way we both go in with a different idea of the solution right like I might go in with let's call it A and Josh might go in with let's call it B um, and what we do when we're doing this brainstorming and we do this deciding process is we come out with a C that neither of us had thought of before and so really really important to just have a, an open brainstorming session and then when you're deciding remember just go back to the definition that you've that you've nutted down exactly what's going on and then you can select the best options. And again, if you've got a good definition, selecting the best option is really, really easy as well. And the last step is implementing. And of course that's obvious. And for most of us, when we come up with a solution, we can then see the plan and we can go ahead and do it. But a lot of the time when we've when we've gone through this process, it's, it's such a relief to have it done that we just feel like it's being done. We're like, okay, we've solved the problem. And it's really important to actually implement the plan. You know, for example, if the problem was that you were both getting really upset about the house being always messy because you're both very busy working and the solution that you came up with was to get some some help, maybe a cleaner once a week or something like that, you know, don't go away and go, oh, thank God, you know, we've decided. You've got to actually say, okay, well, who's going to ring the cleaner? How are we going to find one? Uh, what's the process for, you know, finalising a cleaner? Does anyone know one? Um, do we have any reviews on anyone who's good and all that sort of stuff and actually making it happen? And so um, the way that helps to get that done is to write down tasks in whichever form works for you, maybe on your mobile or maybe in a list. You know, we have worked with couples in the past where um, one or other of them have really struggled with remembering to do stuff that they've agreed to do. And so writing something down in a place you're going to see it and getting it done is really important. And reporting back, say, a week later and saying, okay, this is where we're at, this is what we've got done. Okay, so 
as I said, I could talk for um, I could talk on and on and on about problem solving, but I just wanted to give you a brief overview of what you can do. So when you're doing this process, you will just see magically a change in the other person because you've both discovered the solution together. Problem solving will bring you closer together. The process of going through it and also the feeling of having resolved something together afterwards, it just increases that intimacy. You get the change that you were needing without any you know, accusing, bullying, nagging kind of behaviour and, and it forces you to find out their point of view. And, you know, that's really, really important when it comes to trying to convince someone to change. You've got to understand why they're doing what they're doing and, and the way they're doing it in the first place because then you can figure out a way that'll work for them so they can still get what they're good, you know, still meet that motivation for why they're doing that but do it in a different way, get it in a different way. And so this gets changed. Problem solving achieves change and it achieves change in a really effective and long-lasting way. So I hope that's helped. I hope that's really blessed you. Um, check out that resource on um, on our website. And, and there's also another resource there, which is a values exercise, which you might like to do as well. And that helps you figure out the top five things that are most important to you and your partner. And um, when you know those things, it's easier to not breach those in your partner because you know about them, you know that they're important to them. And if you inadvertently tend to do something that that gets them upset often it might be that you're just breaching your value and you didn't know that that was one of theirs so that's also really really cool to do now I realize I've just really quickly run through what can be a big topic area and if you're just approaching problem solving for this first time it can be a bit tricky to pick it up but I encourage you to keep practicing over time to keep working on this because this is amazing once you master this if you are going through something right now that you would really love to solve now that you keep having a recurring argument about I do offer help uh, and a coaching kind of session with both of you to go through it with you. It's generally about two hours. We need at least two hours, but you can get, um, we can go longer if need be. And what you can do is just, if you go to the website, so nomithmarriages.com and go to the about page, there's a form you can fill out there. And if you can just mention in the message box there that you're interested in getting some help with doing a problem solving coaching session, I can get back to you with some more details about that. So do get in contact with me if that's something you're interested in. We do that completely online, so it doesn't matter where you're based. And the next time, I'm going to talk about unfaithfulness. I've been talking with a few people who are getting married recently and um, just talking about, well, you know, what's what are you most nervous about when it comes to getting married? And I think this is a very valid um, topic for people who are already married as well. And that's, and you know, and what came up was, well, you know, how, where's the guarantee that we'll stay together forever, that we'll always be only attracted to this one person, that, you know, we won't be tempted by someone else and, or that my partner won't be tempted by someone else or that, you know, we'll fall out of love and they'll go for someone else. And so there's a lot of, um, you know, unknown. And when we're marrying someone, we're trusting that that's never going to happen. But how do we make sure it never happens? Uh, so I wanted to just talk about that one. So next episode, that's what that's about. So anyway, I, I thank you so much for listening. I hope you have an awesome week. Um, I really hope that encourages you because remember this is all about encouraging you to keep on building intimacy and or just keep on keeping on because it's worth it and then you get through it and you just develop some closeness and some um, some richness in your relationship on the other side. So have an awesome week. Really appreciate you guys for listening and I'll talk to you again next time.